Welcome to Body Talk, where we strive to go through life with our eyes open. My name is Spencer Kaufman, coming at you from 103.5 FM, The Sun Community Radio. If you're tuning in for the first time today, past broadcasts are available on sunprairiemediacenter.com and also on the Body Talk podcast at spencerkaufman.com. Over the past several weeks, we've talked about a lot of different things that you can use to add to your presence and to understand what you are doing when you're communicating with someone. Now, I say what you're doing, but I don't mean like what you're communicating to them verbally. I'm talking about what you are doing non-verbally, what you are silently communicating to them. However, you are not silently doing it. You are unconsciously screaming it at them, and they aren't hearing it as a loud blaring noise, their unconscious is receiving it as a loud blaring noise unless you tune it down and hone in and get it all refined and then it becomes one of the most effective ways of communication that you will ever use or ever experience. This is something that you can tailor and you can train yourself to become really good at. And then you will really be able to understand exactly what everybody is saying and you will be able to mentally and physically, consciously use your body and use your nonverbal communication to support whatever it is you want to say. This means that people will be much more receptive of you and that you will be understood much better. You will also be able to understand what everybody else is meaning or trying to say because a lot of people, they may be saying something, but their body may be saying something else. They may be in a disagreement with their mind and body. So what they are saying out loud is not really what they feel inside or not really what they want to do. However, if you can start to see the body language and the signs behind all of this, then you will be able to know whether or not they really want to do what they are saying they want to do. It's an incredible thing to have. So I hope that you have been tuning in over the past several weeks. If not, again, check them out online. You can find all of the previous broadcasts. It's worth listening to. Listen to them. Use them to help you get better at your posture, stature, see the importance of like first impressions we talked about that and understand your presence what goes into it how you look how you present yourself things like eye contact gestures the different things in your speech patterns or little habits that you may do some things like nervous habits like bouncing your leg or tapping on the desk biting your nails things like that are all a part of your speech in addition a lot of people speak with white noise like ums and uhs, you know, things like that. They add all this stuff in and they don't really even know that they're doing it until someone points it out. Then when someone points out, hey, you know what? You you say you know a lot when you speak or you say you're going to want to do or you say um quite often or like teenagers, especially girls. Anytime they're talking, oh, it was like so cool. And then we like went down to the, the place which was like this. And, and then it was like we went over to the park and that, and like it, everyone was there and like 
and they just it's like nuts and you don't know what they're saying because they say the word like so many times but they know what they're saying and they don't even realize how many times they're using the word like if they point if it's pointed out to them then all of a sudden they start thinking about it because they notice they're doing it it's exactly like body language now that you're aware of what is going on you are much more self aware it's not that you want to be self conscious it's that now you are conscious of self you now know and understand all of these little things that you are doing with your body and you start to know what they mean and you start to realize like that wow i i did this behavior i did this behavior and according to what i've learned in emotions or deception detection or whatever that that could mean i'm lying or that could mean i'm doing this but i don't think i was lying when i did that well, that's because there was another reason. A lot of behaviors have dual purposes. They can happen for a variety of reasons. So this, now that you're aware of it and that you see yourself doing these behaviors, you can know and understand that when you see them on other people, it may not mean that they are being deceptive or that they have some kind of emotion happening or that they are feeling a certain thing or meaning a certain thing because the behavior could have multiple meanings. So becoming more self-aware or conscious of self is so essential to starting to understand other people. Remember when you travel on airplanes, what is the biggest thing, and I've said this before, so you probably can say it before I do, the biggest thing on there that, that hammers home this point, when in the event of an emergency, oxygen masks come down from overhead, Please secure your own mask before helping those around you. Why? Why do you secure your own mask? The reason is, if you don't secure your own mask and you pass out, then you will not be able to help anyone else. Now, think about it just logically for a second. If you secure your mask and your son or your daughter next to you passes out, you can put the oxygen mask on them and in a few minutes they will be fine because People can pass out from lack of oxygen. People get choked out in chokeholds all the time and they come back and it's fine. You can go without oxygen for a little bit. If you pass out though, trying to get your son's mask on and you don't get it on, now the both of you are dead. So help yourself. You need to become aware of yourself. Then you can become more aware of other people and you can really be able to listen to them. So focus on that. Focus on starting to understand what all of this stuff means and start paying attention to it on your own body and and think about it don't just pay attention to it and say oh wow that was cool i just did one of these behaviors no why did you do that behavior what were you thinking what was going on around you analyze the whole situation and put it all together and then when you see it on other people you can either ask them or talk to them about it. Say, hey, I noticed you did this. Do you, can you tell me what you were thinking? And if they say, well, wow, that's kind of weird. You can say, hey, no, I'm, I'm studying body language and I'm just trying to conduct some research. And most people will be more than happy to talk to you about it. So internalize this and really consciously make an effort to think about it and to plan and methodically break everything down so that you can really get to the root of all of this stuff and understand it. It will be so 
beneficial for your life, for communicating with other people, and for understanding other people. So today, I've got a little summary of some nonverbal tips to communication. I've got five tips for you to nonverbal communication. It's five things that anytime you communicate with someone or talk to someone, you got to always be paying attention to, and eventually, these things will become habit. You won't need to consciously think about them when you're communicating with someone. Now, this is super important. So if you are looking for a job or you have any job interviews or you're interviewing people, these five things need to be a part of, let's say, your pre-interview checklist or your pre-meeting checklist. If you have business meetings or even a lunch with somebody, these five tips, they need to be a part of your warm-up or your ritual or your checklist or whatever you have to get you ready for that encounter with other people. They are super important. So here, we're going to start right now. Number one is use stature, not posture. Now, we've talked about this before with posture and stature and the differences between them. In case you haven't heard that broadcast, I will sum it up right now because this is very important and I encourage you to go back and listen to that broadcast. It was number four, posture. Anyway, posture is a definition. It is defined as the position in which or the way in which we position our bodies in space. Now, that means posture could mean laying on the floor. Your posture would be that type of posture. It could be standing up. Your posture could be slouching. That's a posture. Now, we usually say have good posture. So that means have straight posture. Now, you hear it all the time. Stand up straight. Chiropractors love it. Doctors love it. Parents love to say it to their kids. It's Kids hate it. Teenagers especially hate it. Hey, stand up straight. Have good posture. Man, what a nightmare. And why do we hate it? Why do teenagers and kids hate it? Because kids are functioning primarily to please themselves and others at times, especially teenagers at times, but they are living in what is comfortable, what feels right, what is good, what they like internally for their body. Adults, we have good posture because we know it impresses other people. We want to look professional. It's for other people. It is for, not for them, it is for other people, but to benefit ourselves because we know that by standing up straight and by looking professional, they're going to think better of us and we may get more opportunity. Teenagers, kids, they don't care about that because they don't need that other opportunity or that success because they don't have to pay the bills or they're counting on their parents. Whatever the reasons are, they are not thinking like that to please other people. And that's really what it is. Yeah, you may not be having the good posture to please other people, but bottom line, it is for that reason in simplicity. Teenagers, kids, they're not thinking like that, so they don't care about good posture. They don't want that. Why? Because they know that posture is uncomfortable. When you are standing up straight and you are stiff as a board, you're rigid, you are not normal, you're tense. I, we did an exercise. I had you sit up or stand up wherever you were really, really straight, as straight as you can. Then notice what's going on in your body. Are you holding your breath? Are your muscles all tense? Is your neck super tense? Are you clenching your jaw? Most of the time, yeah, you were. That's because posture is super uncomfortable. No wonder we don't want to have good posture. Therefore, what we need to do instead of having posture 
is have stature. Stature is not simply a state of orientation in space. It is a state of mind and being. It is posture combined with your mental. It is much better. If you remember, there's an example that I used. Imagine that there's a thread going through your entire body. It's going out all of your limbs, out all of your fingers and your toes, and it comes right up your torso and out the center of your head, up at the top. And then I'm going to grab that thread, and I'm pulling it and pulling it and pulling it, and you are feeling everything kind of come up with that thread, all your limbs, your fingers, your body. It's straightening. Your head is coming up. That thread is getting taller and taller. And now all of a sudden, you are in perfect posture, but this is stature because you are up straight and everything is nice. You are breathing, your head, your shoulders are relaxed, yet you still have great posture and you're relaxed, you're breathing. You're not standing up straight, rigid like a military guy towing the line with his chest puffed out and his stomach sucked in and holding his breath, sweating bullets. No, you are up straight, you are breathing, you are relaxed, you are calm. You have posture with stature, not just posture. You have stature. It is mind and being. It is so much more beneficial. You are able to think clearly. You also look taller because of the good posture. You appear more confident because you are standing up. So this has all the benefits of what the adults want to impress other people. And it has what the kids and teenagers want because it feels good. It feels natural. In addition, you are much more confident in your health. I mean, really, think about the health benefits of having good posture, your spine, your neck, your body, the blood flow that can happen when everything is aligned properly and how it's supposed to be. Your body is in harmony because of this good stature and posture. And your mind, if you are relaxed all the time and still maintaining that good bodily orientation and you are calm, stress is released, all kinds of great things are happening. So remember to use stature, not posture. All right, number two, you must breathe. Breathing is super important and especially as a part of having good posture. If you just go around having posture, then you're holding your breath all the time. That's not healthy. That's not good. Other people pick up on that. However, if you have stature, now you are breathing, you are calm, you're confident. Your breath is also a significant part of your voice because what, where you put your breath behind certain words has a big impact on how those words are received and heard. If you want to sound stronger or more powerful, then you put a lot of breath behind your voice. If you want to sound softer, then you don't put as much breath behind your voice. It's unconscious. It's the way we communicate with each other. Now, when you hold your breath and talk, you're not as effective. You sound almost like it's being withheld, like you're holding back. If you have ever talked to somebody who smokes like cigarettes, or now they have all these vapor things, but somebody who's smoking, when they take an inhale of that smoke and then they talk, they sound much different than if they are talking normally. So pay attention to that next time. If you know a smoker, wait for them to inhale that puff of smoke and hold it in their lungs and then ask them a question. And, and sometimes they may not respond. They may wait the three seconds and then blow out the smoke and then respond. But get them to respond with all that in them, holding their breath. 
and you will hear a significant difference in their voice, and then you'll really know what I'm talking about here. When people speak and they hold their breath, their speech is less effective. People don't hear it the same way because it sounds muffled, restricted, like they're holding back. And when people hold their breath, unconsciously and, and in the world of body language, especially in the world of deception, when people hold their breath, they are holding something back. Obviously, we're holding our air back. So that means that something is being hidden. Something could be being be withheld. It's, it's a receptive issue. So when other people see other people hold their breath, now they're not listening unconsciously. They're like, all right, he's holding his breath. I don't even care anymore because he's probably withholding something other than his breath as well. So that is why it, another reason it is essential for you to breathe. When we hold our breath when talking, it is done out of fear, anxiety, stress, things like that. It is a habit. You make your body tense and your tongue and your jaw are also much more tight. So then because of all that, your communication is obviously way less effective because if you're tense, you're tight, you're less confident, you have fear, anxiety, all of this stuff, obviously who's going to listen to you? That's going to be very, very apparent on your body in other ways than just your breath. You may start fidgeting, you may be tapping your feet, your eye contact might be terrible. There are a lot of things that start to go downhill when you stop breathing, or you could die, obviously, duh. But that's beside the point. When you hold your breath, it is an emotional roadblock to communication, and it will negatively impact your voice, which then will bring down your brand, which is your presence. So your presence will start to go downhill fast. You will not have the presence that you want to have. When you are holding your breath and speaking to someone, unconsciously, your audience or your listener does the same thing. They are mirroring or reciprocating what you are doing. So if you look calm, then your audience is going to be calm. I'll never forget this. When I used to work with juvenile delinquents, I could be alone with like four or five of them and we'd just be chilling. We'd be sitting in the chair and like they'd be all over the place. They'd be One would be on the floor reading a book, one would be in another chair. And now we didn't sit in the chairs like normal people with both feet on the floor. You know, we had one foot up over the arm. We were relaxed. We were lounging. And maybe a couple were playing a game somewhere. And, and there could be like me with four or five kids in there and nobody was going nuts. However... Other staff people could be in there with two or three of the staff and the kids would just be going bonkers off the walls. Why? Because I was calm. I had a good calm demeanor. And this was noticed by other people, supervisors, people, not really supervisors, but office people who were higher up on the chain. They would come in and be like, it just amazes me how they can, everybody can just be so chill and calm when this is going on. Well, yeah, because the people around you will mirror your behaviors, if they see you as calm, confident. If you're confident enough to set the standard, other people will follow. And if they see that, then it will happen. It's similarly to pets. You notice a crazy person and the crazy person's dog, the dog is often crazy as well. If the person is calm, the dog is also calm. It goes hand in hand. However, the main person who sets the bar is, the rest of the people will follow. You know the old saying, if mom's not happy, no one's happy. If mom sets the standard of the house, the rest of the people follow the standard of that behavior. Mom's cranky, everybody's cranky. You got to set that standard, set that tone. Calm, breathe, posture, stature, be 
awesome in all of that stuff. Consciously think about all of this body language. Set that standard. Don't hold your breath. Remember to breathe. If you hold your breath, the listener is going to hold their breath as well. So whatever you are doing, whatever you are portraying, they will start to portray. If you're portraying openness, receptivity, calmness, they'll be calm, receptive, and open. You will get your message across much more effectively. All right, I've got three more tips left, numbers three, four, and five. We are only going to touch on number three today, and we may not even get through all of number three. We'll probably do half of number three, and then next week we'll jump into the rest of three, number four, and number five, because this is so much information and so much content. I really want you to think about it, break it down, and listen to it over and over again so that you can really get this under control. So here is number three. We'll get partway through this. This is about eye contact. Now, hopefully, you have listened to the past broadcast, which was number seven. It was adding to your presence with eye contact. Eye contact is hugely important. If you haven't listened to that, go ahead and do so. But here is a little summary of why it's so important. When you make eye contact, you are literally connecting with your audience. In addition, not only to literally connecting with them, you're also figuratively connecting with them. You are connecting with one another through eye contact. Remember, the eyes are the windows to the soul. When you look in someone's eyes, you are physically connecting with them. In addition, it will change the sound of your voice. When you're looking at someone, you are talking to them, with them. If you're looking at the floor when you're talking, now you're talking to the floor. Do you want to talk to the floor? I mean, why on earth are you looking at the floor when you're talking to someone? Look at them. That's who you are talking to or with. Why would you be looking somewhere else? It doesn't make any sense. And when I point it out that way, it sounds really stupid. Like, why would I be looking at the floor when I'm talking to somebody? That's dumb. Yes, it is dumb. And when they are talking with you, they're seeing that and they're like, man, what's the matter with this person? Now, they may not consciously be like, what's the matter with this person? But unconsciously, they know something's off. They know something's off because you're talking to the floor and not to them. Similarly, when you're looking at someone, if I know there's one person, and I think I mentioned this before, that whenever you talk with them, they are looking at like your neck. Hello, I am up here. I'm not down. My my face, my eyes are at my are on, up here on my face. It's all above my neck. Why are you looking at my neck? Similarly, this is like that old joke when. People see pretty women going by and then they say, hey, my eyes are up here. That's a little lower than the neck, but it's a similar principle. People, and that's a different reason too. They're probably looking there for something to look at. But when people are looking at the neck, that's like an unconscious thing where they, the person is really probably not confident enough to look at the eyes because they don't want people looking at their face. It could be they have messed up teeth or they think that they're ugly. Who knows what the reason is? But usually when people don't make eye contact, it's because they are some kind of self-conscious of something and they feel that if they make eye contact with that person, then that person is also looking at them and seeing what they think they have a problem with on their face or wherever. So keep that in mind too. Sometimes people may not make eye contact because they are a little bit too self-conscious. Now, we want to get away from being self-conscious. Remember, we want conscious of self. So if you can look at yourself and examine yourself or your memories on whenever you may have had something on your face, maybe you, you uh, cut yourself shaving 
and you didn't want people to see, so you didn't really make eye contact with people or you kept your hand on your face, whatever the case may be. Or for women, maybe they forgot to put their makeup on or maybe they messed up and they noticed and now they're feeling self-conscious and they don't want to look at people. There are a variety of reasons, but if you can remember those reasons and pay attention to them, then when you see them on other people, you will also be able to pay attention to that and understand why they might be not making eye contact. Now, with eye contact, it it does. It, it really changes the sound of your voice. Think about, now this is an example everybody knows. Think about Eeyore. When you watch Winnie the Pooh and you think of Eeyore, did Eeyore ever look at people when he talked to them? Not really. Maybe once in a while, but most of the time he kind of looked down he was a sad guy, you know, it was always, woe is me, hello, I mean, he was always looking at the ground, he was talking not to people. However you think of other characters in wherever, your life, or you could use that same example, look at Piglet or Rabbit or whatever, and they look at people when they talk, and their voice sounded much more happy, they were boisterous, they were full of life, they weren't this drained, bottom, dead energy person who looked at the ground all the time. So pay attention to that and notice how your voice changes when you are looking at someone instead of away from them. Your voice does change. It is something that happens. It is very important to pay attention to and to notice. Your energy level also significantly changes. Pay attention to when you're with a group of friends compared to when you're with a group of people like your grandparents or maybe you're visiting a nursing home or something like that. You have a different demeanor. Your energy level is different. Now, when you make eye contact with people, and, and maybe you don't visit old folks' homes, maybe you go to formal things or like at church, anywhere where the settings are different. You have different personas and different demeanors in each of those places. You act differently around your friends than you do around your parents than you do around your grandparents. It's different sets. You also make eye contact differently around these groups of people. Maybe you make really good eye contact with your friends because you know them, you understand them, you trust them. Maybe you don't make as good of eye contact around your parents because they may be intimidating to you or your grandparents or your boss. Whatever the reasons are, your energy level is affected by that. Similarly, when you walk into a group and there's one guy that is just full of life and he's crazy, you start to kind of act like that a little bit. You start to pick up your energy and match his. Also, if there's a group of people that are kind of having a lot of fun and some Eeyore type person comes in and just kills that energy, boom, all of a sudden everybody else drops too. Energy levels are significantly affected by those around us and eye contact has a big part in that. If you make eye contact with those people and show them you're on the same energy level, boom, you can all go up and have that energy. If you kill the energy in a group by walking in, saying nothing, don't look at anybody, pretty soon everybody looks at you, then you look at them, now you've killed that energy. Then you can come in above it and bring that energy back up and now you'll be the star of the group. There's a little hint right there, but that we can talk about another time. But eye contact is super important. Now, we're going to continue eye contact next week, so I really hope you tune in, and I'll also give you a sneak peek of what else we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about white noise, and we're going to talk about practicing. Those are very important, so we'll continue on eye contact. We're going to talk about white noise and practicing next week as well. Now, 
I really hope that you are enjoying this, that you are listening to these, and that it is making a significant difference in your life because it really will help you be more effective at communicating with other people, especially these nonverbal tips to communication. If you can harness all of this and put it in uh, your repertoire or your bat belt of tools and kits and learn how to incorporate it as a part of your being, as a part of who you are, then you will be able to really understand other people and you will notice that you will really start to care more about other people and how they are feeling. So I want to thank you for listening to Body Talk. I hope you'll tune in again next week for the continuation of this broadcast so you can learn what everybody is really saying. Until then, go through life with your eyes open. Mm-hmm.